why? Why is the U.S., the U.S., the media, Western media in general, why is it so focused on China? And why is it so focused on China in this way? Like, what, what, uh, what is the basis for all of this? Well, I mean, take your pick. You know, there's um, there are a lot of reasons why. There's ideological reasons why, political reasons why. Uh, I think, you know, as a Marxist, uh, you have to go, you know, you, you can talk about the superstructure in the base and you can go down to the material base economic level, right? Um, China has for the 72, almost 73 years that it's been under the CPC as, as, the, as the party in power, um, has been building a society based on uh, the fulfillment of material needs and the fulfillment of people's desires for a better life, right? So that's been happening for the entire history of the PRC. Uh, but in the, in the years of reform and opening up, uh, since 1978, there has been an enormous crash increase in growth right? Stunning increase in growth not seen since the early 20th century with the Soviet Union. Um, there's a lot to talk about there, but, but in particular, the nature of China's opening up. You know, it wasn't as simple because there's been many countries that were previously somewhat, let's say, closed that opened up to the West or to the world at large. You know, Japan famously um, opened up not by its own choice, um, and China at first also was opened up not by its own choice, uh, but by the occupation and, and colonial uh, aggrandizement and, and, and enrichment by uh, colonialism, feudalism, imperialism, so on. But in, in the modern history, uh, this unprecedented growth came with its own rules that were written by China. China set the, set the terms for its opening, set the terms for its introduction of foreign capital into its economy, right? It wasn't as simple as opening up the floodgates, letting everything, everything and everyone in and untrammeled uh, commerce, untrammeled extraction of surplus value, untrammeled exploitation. It, it, it set boundaries and set guidelines that would allow for in the future, first of all, would allow for some protect, protection of base rights, protection of base standard of living. Um, and also uh, would allow for the development of its own indigenous industries uh, in the future after that opening up happened and after the, there was expertise and there was, there was capital and there was in, some investment. Um, now we're reaching that inflection point. We have reached that inflection point several years ago where indigenous industry, indigenous economic power has supplanted foreign capital as the driving force of China's development. And because of that, because there is now a very palpable threat to economic hegemony on the part of the, the capitalists, the wealthy capitalist countries, and not only is it is it a rival in economic terms, but it's a rival in ideological terms because there has been a continuity of government, a continuity of ideology through the Communist Party, despite the fact that the Communist Party has gone through many different phases and 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 changes in its theoretical outlook and its 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 uh, its view of the of the material conditions, its its uh, the particularities. That continuity has stayed there, and that creates economic uh, challenges to the U.S.-led uh, capitalist hegemony. 
uh, ideological challenges because the presentation of an alternative under the under the red banner, under the banner of socialism, banner of communism, is always going to be setting off even more alarm bells than anything else. But you know, again, doesn't have to doesn't ne didn't necessarily have to be, be strictly because of communism because we saw what happened with Japan in the eighties. Uh, what the U.S. does to a potential rival uh, attempts to, to beat it into submission, which it was to some degree able to do with Japan, uh, to a rather large degree, but is has so far been unable to do with China, although it is, of course, trying. Um, so, right. So, I mean, it, it's this dual kind of threat. It's not just it's not just that there is an economic alternative uh, and, and, a, and an alternative for countries in terms of trade where they don't have to abide by certain political and economic requirements for trade relationships. They don't have to privatize their economies. They don't have to, they don't have to, to rob the public coffers in order to fund uh, financing from, from supranational bodies like the IMF or World, or World Bank or bilaterally. Um, and, and there is a growing understanding that there is more than one way of doing things. Uh, and, and so, any, any challenge to that extractive process, any challenge to that draining of surplus value from, from the imperial periphery toward the core, which happens in many different ways, and we can talk about that for hours, but, um, but any, any circuit breaker of that process, any potential circuit breaker of that process is not to be countenanced or, or abided. And so uh, this is why, you know, of course, People will say there's political motivations. There's like there are these like little myriad motivations, but really, what it comes down to is this somewhat inevitable trend um, of of creation of blocks, of creation of of groups of nations. Uh, as you know, Lenin said back in the early 20th century. You know, he saw he predicted this exact thing uh, when he wrote imperialism at the beginning of, of the 20th century, you know, over a hundred years ago, and it's still true. It's still correct. Um, and, and Mao Zedong talked about it as well, you know, like these, these people were not wrong. Um, and we're seeing the expression, the reality of these theories taking place now as these blocks, uh, are forming as, as there are patterns of behavior that create these antagonisms. Um, they have their roots, in this desire for economic domination, which has its intricacies and its uh, vagaries, but that is the bottom line. And so that's what I think the motivation is. So I will uh, stop monologuing. <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I want to get your opinion, uh, Jing Jing, because, you know, I, I would love to know what you think about uh, why this is happening. I don't know, from you, from your colleagues, you know, I guess what's the uh, what's what's the conclusion here? Like, wh why is China the subject of all of these attacks? In your opinion, hmm, I think China is the subject probably because China is now a rising power that's indeed threatening this novel that Western countries or United States is writing about itself. It's China now. It could be other country if other country is the rising economy that poses as a threat to the United States. I mean, um, Western countries always accuse their enemy countries as doing propaganda, right? China is doing propaganda. Russia is doing propaganda. Iran doing propaganda. 
all these countries on the animal list is doing propaganda. But if you really look at it, the the master of propaganda is actually the United States, <laughs> because most people are programmed to hate communism or hate uh, anything that these countries do. And you will media or anyone say any ridiculous things that this country do, people will believe it. If you say any ridiculous things that North Koreans are doing, people believe it. Why? You have to think why people are programmed to hate these things. I think I read, uh, I watched some uh, box pop. Like I think most people cannot even point where North Korea is, where China is on a map. They don't know where you are. They don't know what your real culture is. They don't know who you are. But that I know I hate you. This mindset is weird. So, you know, before um, I was I was doing a lot of politics now. But once start right, graduated, started my career, first second year of my career, I was doing cultural news because I'm like, oh, I I don't want to do politics because I just want to be like light doing lighthearted things to like to be happy because college politics is really heavy. But then I decided to. Uh, be more active on different platforms to to really debunk all these lies because all these lies, misconceptions, disinformation is piling up all these years. And as a Chinese, who has been reading all this news all the time from Western media? Like I couldn't take it anymore. I remember I was I was studying journalism in the UK when I was in journalism school. When I read all this news on BBC yesterday, ah, uh, okay. I was upset, but I didn't got me triggered me enough to really cut it out. But all these years, I see all this misinformation, all these lies building up. It's like, okay, now I'm a Chinese. I'm in China, and I'm a, I happen to be a journalist that I can actually go to these places, bring different voices in. And my English is not perfect, but I can communicate with English-speaking people. So let me tell my stories to you guys. Not just let some some people with uh, filters with these uh, biases to tell my stories. I can tell tell you my tell you about my culture, my country. But then you think you would think that your country, your culture is being mentioned by this media all the time. You would think they are willing to hear you, but no, your your opinion does not in line with their narratives. So they just label you, discredit you. This this is very dangerous. Uh, I think I'm. I hope to bring more of these stories, more the voices here to more audiences in the in the West because West media don't show that. So I just hope to bring different sides of these opinions to people. And I'm actually I'm wondering, can I share screens as well, sure. Danny? Sure. Yeah. 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 I think there's that option. Um, so yeah. So like, uh, China is now the rising country. So as it rises, being like. Uh, you see that like more people come to China as well. So more voices from China, like mine, like Ian's, like, like yours are telling the stories. So it, it really making all these narratives collapsing, their China bad, China bad narrative collapsing. And China, uh, more countries from the global South is uh, uniting. And, um, and then like, for example, the BRI, Belt and Road Initiative. So, 
I will talk about this in our webinar last weekend as well. So United States sometimes is like your jealous neighbor. When he sees you build a swimming pool in your yard, he's very jealous. But instead of building his own, he decided to take a dump in yours. So <laughs> what he's really doing to trying to, well, you guys are, 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 are playing together? No, let me do something. Let, let me talk badmouth you behind you. So I have some screenshots. So to make China look bad, um, how do I do it? Let me see. Sorry, this is the first time to use this uh, share screens on StreamYard. There should be on the bottom a share, share screen. My whole yeah. desktop will be shared, right? I think you can choose if it's like a, yeah, it depends on what it is. Damn, oh, there's so many securities there. Okay. Sorry, taking a really long time. There's a firewall. <laughs> yeah, while you're waiting, everyone, make sure you're just liking the stream. Uh, make sure you're sharing it, all that good stuff. Subscribing to the channel. You still can you can, see, can can see that, right? Uh, nothing's can... popped up yet. Um, Chrome prohibited trying to protect my security. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, okay, but I can maybe later you can edit on the video or something. So this is a bill. It's the the United States passed a bill of this uh, Strategic Competition Act of 2021. Uh, so uh, hold on, uh, Jing Jing, is it a yeah. link or is it like a pic? Like what what are what did you want to share? Because you could also just if it's a link, you can send it in the private chat, and I could. Okay, put it up. Uh, I got a picture though. Oh, okay. screenshot. Okay, picture. But I can also show show you the my Chrome. I can show you a link here. The news, uh, the story on the Herald, the Zimbabwe newspaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'll put that up when you're talking about it. Okay, so this is it. And also got some screenshot of this bill passed by the Senate. It's uh, I can read it. This is for a countering Chinese influence fund. You heard about that, right? So, countering Chinese influence fund, there's uh, authorized to be appropriated 300 million US dollars for each of fiscal years 2022 through 2026 for the countering Chinese influence fund to counter the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party globally. Amounts appropriated persuading to this authority. So authorizations are authorized to remain available until expended and shall be in addition to amounts otherwise authorized to be appropriated to counter such influence. Okay, so I, I wanted to share these screenshots. So what what this what this media what this fund do? Where does this money go? So one portion of this money goes to support for local media. The Secretary of State, acting through an Assistant Secretary of the State for Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor, in coordination with the Administration of the United States Agency for International Development, shall support and train journalists on investigative techniques necessary to ensure public accountability related to the Belt and Road Initiative. They name it. So this fund goes to support local media in different countries to say bad things about Belt and Road Initiative. 
And I just shared you uh, this uh, uh, link of this uh, newspaper, The Herald from Zimbabwe. So the title, US plans to discredit Chinese investment unmasked. So the local journalists find that the United States is sponsoring a strategy to undermine Chinese investments in Zimbabwe by smearing China's co Chinese companies are engaging in widespread labor malpractices as well as a violation of the human community and environmental rights, among others. They also organize some protests. So that's why all the negative news, that's one of the reasons all the negative news, all the, all the bad things you heard about China, because they are, they are directly funded by the United States government. The, the media are trained to write bad things about China. They are trained to organize protests, color, color revolutions. So that's why I said in the beginning that who is the master of the propaganda? Yeah. yeah. The United States. <laughs>